Is it bedhead? Whatever no. it is, I like it. Okay. It's just like a little flatter. I just didn't like. Yeah, it I like it. Yeah, I think it, it looks. It, it looks was like, negligence. It's, it's it getting like, to that yeah, point though. But this like, is it, like. I like the look of negligence. Apparently, <laughs> it's gonna get to this point though before you can I just let it do its own it. thing. I identify with this hair. The look of negligence. Today on the Geek Up Podcast, Amazon released a machine language learning piano keyboard, and it makes the MIDI music of the 90s sound phenomenal by comparison. Quentin Tarantino says his Star Trek movie will absolutely be Pulp Fiction in space. We talk trailers for Black Widow and No Time to Die, the new James Bond movie. (laughs) Explain. Explain what happened. That worked out so well until you dropped the mic. Trying to fluster you. Jar Jar is going to host a Star Wars game show. What? <laughs> Good attempt. What? Racist! <laughs> Plus, uh... Oh, that was a good attempt. And Martin Sorskazy wants to remind you that The Irishman is a movie and you're not allowed to watch it in pieces, Kirsten. Oh. Nerdy is the new sexy. Let's go to be a geek. The Zones Geek Out, the podcast. It's the Geek Out Podcast, boy, is it ever. This is Thursday, December 5th, 5th, 2019. This is episode 62. Thank you for listening. I'm Webmeister Bud. I host Bud's Weekly Geek Out Wednesdays at 7.20 with Dylan and Jason in the Morning Zone. I'm DJ Boitano. Afternoon Zone. Mixtape. Listen. That was good. And you only said afternoon once? Yeah. Paul Bustino. That too. Oh, good. Now we're billboarding. <laughs> I'm Art Aronson. Kirsten James. Okay. <laughs> this week on Buzz Weekly Geek Out. I talked about the Amazon AWS Deep Composer, which is a... It's like those little Casio keyboards you'd get at Door Crasher Specials at Lennon Drugs for 50 bucks. Not that I did that. With like 32 keys and it covers two octaves. And it's it's a machine language learning keyboard, which is very strange. It's meant, it's meant to help you... To help, you know, humans learn about machines, learning about humans. And the idea is you punch in a bit of music or you pre-select a bit of music and then you give it an, an algorithm. Uh, 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 there's a word for it. I forget the word. You let it choose a genre and it will use its machine learning to create the other pieces like drums and guitars. And it sounds... Like ass, I don't mind saying. I'm sorry, it was absolutely horrible. I had clips of it on the on the Weekly Geek Out, and it was just bad. It sounded, as I said in the intro, worse than the 90 quote-unquote music that your computers would spit out. Or, yeah, you know when you, like, have your keyboard, you, know, you get one of those electric keyboards from, like, the 80s and 90s? Yeah, yeah, it's like the demo. And you put it on the demo mode? Yeah. It sounds like that. But... but Kind of honestly worse. It was, yeah. yeah. So I hope it it helps you know geeks learn about these things. But uh, yeah, Philip, good. That's racist to computers not liking their traditional music. Nice try, Kirsten. Well, <laughs> fuck you, Jeff Bezos. I'm not buying anything from Amazon this Christmas. Why can't you give your people a decent wage? Billions and billions and billions of dollars. He's insane. He's insane with the wealth hoarding. Lost half of his wealth to his wife and still has so much money that he doesn't know what to do with it. So he's literally lighting on fire in a rocket ship to go to space. Fuck you, dude. 
I'm sorry. Jeff Bezos can go to hell, and so can his garbage keyboard. Until Thanks December for it 23rd, up, when Paul hasn't done his Christmas shopping, and he needs some Amazon stuff. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Never. And I've got Amazon Prime for some reason, but guess what? The Kate Musgraves Christmas special is not worth it. So fuck you, Jeff Bezos. Jesus Christ. Oh, I got so much money. Oh, oh. Throw it on the pile, I suppose. How about you pay your people who are getting crushed by forklifts in your factory? I don't think so. Okay, fuck you. I'm not going to Whole Foods then. I guess now would be the bad time to say and announce that uh, Amazon is sponsoring our Geek Out podcast. <laughs> I, for one, welcome our new Bezos overlord. <laughs> Oh man! No, I don't no, no, Fuck no, Jeff. that's not Je- true. Steph, fuck Amazon. Fuck Whole Foods and fuck Jeff Bezos. That's what I say. We did not get fuck a. Aren't so surprised. Okay, we're still here. Whole Foods. Fuck. Fuck Whole Foods. You say their hot bar is a bunch of trash. It's too nice for me in there. I don't. I get in there and I feel all like this place is just too uppity for me. <laughs> and I tell you what. Somebody else carry LaCroix. <laughs> Lots of places actually carry LaCroix. But not the pure and natural sparkle boys. Oh, my God. They're tougher to find. So fuck this. Bluffing onto your math thing, bud, because that is fascinating. Oh, sure. You got to relearn math? talk about this? Okay. Now, okay, so I'll set her up here, okay. if I may. Please do. I saw on Bud's little Instagram story last night that he had to go back to school to learn some math and the way you kind of made it sound bud was that like if you wanted to help your kids do homework math they had changed math yes this is true then from yeah, when we learned true. it so it was like hey parents come and learn how to do your multiplication over again because it's different from how you learned it to help be able to help your children with their homework is that right one racist no i mean sorry one not uh had to you know, we it was it was put out as an option, and like four teachers volunteered their time to be there. And to the parents' credit, like yeah. ten parents were there, and it was really cool to see. Oh, because but the yeah. other twenty from the yeah. class are a bunch of lazy, neglectful ding dongs. Like not two plus two saying. was oh, four. When I went to school, and I ain't going to learn no different. But Is that what happened? Neglectful. <laughs> they identify with Kirsten. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it, it is true. I because I did that. I did the same thing. I didn't go through a course. Um, but I went on to YouTube when I was helping Aiden with some uh, addition and subtraction. Because did he bring year. it back and you looked at it and you're like, what is this? Why the fuck aren't you carrying the one? <laughs> yeah, I, you don't wait, carry the I one anymore. No, nope. it's stupid. I looked at your stupid square. What the fuck is with the square? <laughs> it's grouping. There's no... There's no there, there, I, there. Let me give you a couple of examples. No, the square, square is the stupidest square ever. I feel like it doesn't... How does it help? Did they tell you that? It did helps they tell you, me. It did hel- they tell you the why of like why they changed math? The why is because the way that most of us learned has a lot to do with just rote memorization. You know, mm-hmm. we're doing... We're doing you know, skipping 5, 10, 15, 20. You know, we're doing right. like times tables. 6 times 7 is 42. And a lot of that stuff... They're absolutely right. I just know that stuff because it was drilled into me and... But there might not be a logical way of figuring it out like this. The, for instance, the box method of multiplication, and I'll, I'll just I'll just hold this out, and no one can see on the podcast. But I had a question that was, you know, what is four times three hundred ninety-eight? So I drew three boxes. One represented the hundreds, so that was three hundred. One represented the tens, so that was ninety, and one re- represented the the ones, the ones, so that was eight. Yeah. So then I multiplied. Four by three hundred, which yeah. is really easy to do because four by three is twelve, and then add but the. But that's what zeros. you're doing in normal math. And then mm. in the second box, four times 90, uh, four by nine, 36, uh, so 360, and then four by eight, 32. Mm. And then you add those together and you have 1,592. Then you gotta do two maths. 
Well, yes. yeah, but then it, it the thing is, it's just a way to be able to make it a better of a better visual in a child's mind huh. or in, in anybody's mind. This is the key. The standard algorithms, which is how we learn. This is what they call long division, everything. That's not going away. They're going to teach those eventually. That's what I was wondering. But yeah. th- because they're not gone from the real world, but they are starting with this because the learning the numeracy of it is it's just making it more logical yeah. more accessible that makes way more sense to me now cuz i Absolutely. when i saw that i was like i hope that what is happening is you're showing that this is how you do the math and where this comes from and eventually we're going to go back to just Yes, because normal way with carrying the one and whatever. Because in the real world, in real you know science and math, you're never going to make a square. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is, you're not going to say two and four hundred eight thousandths. You're going to say two point four zero eight. However, they're teaching that to them to to show them where the the places are in the tens, hundreds, thousands uh, positions. So now they don't know. They will never know that six times eight is forty eight. Meet me at the garden gate. <laughs> I love that. Are you kidding me? That was a, that, that was a mnemonic that you had. Yes, you don't remember that. That was great. <laughs> what's, hap- any- what's happened to this podcast? Last <laughs> last week it was twenty minutes of passwords, know, and now we're talking about multiplication. Uh, yeah, and honestly, can I be? Uh, now I'm mad, bud, because you made it sound like they changed math, like some scientists or physicists divi- like discovered a new quark out in deep <laughs> outer space, and like physics had changed how we know, and so numbers were different now. I, honestly, I thought it was right down, like shattered to its core, the principles of math. Numbers are not it's just different. just draw, how you draw it on a paper. It's, it's just, just different. No, it's 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 the the way you get to the journey in which you get to the answer is different now. Here's the journey. I give. I have left all of math. Those like multiplication things that you just said <laughs> that you know off by heart, and even your garden gate bullshit, all out of my brain. Here's the journey. It's like <laughs> here's the journey because I like. I pretty much forgot all of it when I got my phone and I was like, there's a calculator on this. I got a calculator <laughs> on me constantly. And I'll tell you what happened in the latest iOS or watch OS for my watch. No, there's a calculator on even my watch. So I, for, I on purpose forgot all the math I know hmm. and I'll just do it on my calculator. Do you remember when we were in school? Yeah, that is the big fuck you to teachers who's like, you're not just going to be walking around with a calculator. Right? <laughs> we had that fight with our teacher. Like, when are we going to need this, Mr. Lindenback? And he's like, you're going to need it, math. And we're like, no, we'll just have calculators. So, and now we literally have them strapped <laughs> to our bodies at all times, 24 hours a day. Two things. I wake up in the middle of the night and I want to know what 10 plus 10 is. I can just do it on my phone. <laughs> and if the calculator breaks, I can Google it. I want... Google, what is 10 plus 10? <laughs> I want to see your search history on Google now. <laughs> it's like math constantly. So Brian works in the music department. So he's wor- he's working with time, like song times. He's back timing. He's filling hours and clocks. I'll bet you a lot of math in your job, right? Mm-hmm. Kirsten and I were in design. Like a lot of, like everything that we make has to fit into a certain, you know, size of thing, and we have to account for how much bleed to go over the edge, kind of thing. Like Kirsten and I using math every day. So much blood. That not different kind of bleed. Um, So, like for me, it's still very useful. All this, all this stuff, but. I am old, so I have completely forgotten the way to write down on paper and do multiplication and long division. But as of last night, I could do it. Well, even for all you people who use math every single day, it's like, use a calculator. I don't trust you're going to a garden gate in April 8th and spank my butt and it's number one and all this crazy. Like, come on, use your calculator. What school did you go to? Oh, my God. Okay, let's move on. We did not get 
a trailer for Ghostbusters Afterlife, which makes me sad. I don't know. Hopefully, maybe by the time you hear this on Friday, uh, there will be. But oh, right. We were supposed to get that, eh? What we did get right. were trailers for Disney's Mulan, trailer for No Time to Die, the 25th Bond film, and the trailer for Black Widow. Let's we? talk about that. Yeah, only smokes. I'm happy that Rachel Weisz is in... Um, is in Black Widow as one of the, you know, the quote-unquote sisters, the family that's been brought together by whatever spy bad guy program, good guy person program that the, that brought them all together. Oh, and cool. that's her okay. name, Melina Vostokov? Yeah. Ah. I like the trailer. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. I watched it. Uh, the sound. I really liked the, like, the entrance or the, like, Black <laughs> Widow music. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought they killed it with that. Um, and I want to see it. It's, again, like, I was art of this movie of why do we need this I'm done like we've let's take a pause Marvel <laughs> Your face art um, uh, but then the trailer has got me I think it looks really good Art did you see the trailer yeah I saw it uh, Black Widow has a family I guess that's what we're learning here <laughs> I hope it's uh, in vain with uh, her character in uh, Captain America the Winter Soldier because yeah. that's I think that's yeah. like that's the best um Natasha Romanoff that we've gotten in the MCU. Yeah. So I'm hoping I hope I hope it's like really gritty and dark just like that. So yeah. it looks to me like that's the exact kind of tone they're going for. They realize like, oh right, even though it's a superhero movie, it can be like a little grittier in that Captain America way. Mm-hmm. That you know, it can be like a cool spy drama. And uh, so obviously that's the tone that works so well. Like Captain America was kind of like a political thriller. This looks like it's going to be a bit of like a spy thriller in that way too, but like very similar tone. Because yeah. Brian, you were saying Makes it's sense. set what after Civil War? It'll be set after Civil War. Yeah. So this is when she's on the run. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and I think since we know what happens to her in Endgame, like this is like I think it's going to make it even sadder. Yeah. I think I think there's going to be some feels in this movie. So oh, undoubtedly. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that and uh, getting David Harbour as the Russian Captain America. Looks yeah. like it could be a nice little uh, fun, happy piece there. Red well, Guardian, real name Alexei Shostakov. Yeah, that was my question for Brian. Like, because um, that was really sweet to see David Harbour as this like old kind of washed up. Um, he Red plays Guardian it so well. In oh, he plays it really well. Right? Of yeah. course, yeah, and and like he's got that little bravados and everything. Yeah, I'm stoked to see him in this now, but. Um, so, does he have superpowers, though? Is he, like, was that the Russians' attempt to rip off the Captain America he, super serum or whatever? essentially the Russian Captain America. Well, and I don't know a lot about Red Guardian. When I first heard that David Harbour is playing a character called Alexei, I was like, oh, that's Black Widow's brother. Because Black Widow in the comics oh. had a brother with her in the Red Room named Alexei. Hashtag Encyclopedia Britannica. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Alexei Romanov. Uh, and it still could be. Like, all these names might not necessarily be, like, their actual names. There is also a, um, I don't know if I want to get too, too into uh, speculation, but there is also, like, a theory out there that Rachel Weiss's character, because there's so much mystery behind her, and I didn't even actually, up until today, didn't see the name Mal- Melina Vostikoff, yeah. but there's so much mystery behind her character, and she still doesn't even say in interviews anything about oh, her character. I love that. That, like... Look, her character could be um, Taskmaster, right? Oh, uh, sure, there's, sure. There's a lot kind of about that. And um, 
should go over. There's four sort of main people in the family, obviously Scarlett Johansson as Natasha Romanoff, Rachel Weisz as Melina Vostokov, Florence Pugh, who we didn't talk about yet, as Yelena Belova. Or she was, Pug no, or Pugh. Pugh. No, I looked this up. It's Pugh, P-U-G-H, oh, Florence Pugh. She was Danny in Midsummer. Oh, uh, no kidding! There you go. There That's you go. rad! And she's going to play she's in this? Amy in the, new, in the new Little Women. Shit! And then, yeah, David Harbour. That's the family. A uh, couple other things watching the trailer. I noticed that Jeremy Renner, a Hawkeye, I think he like appears at the beginning of the trailer. It's just a flashback. Just, yeah, flashback. just a flashback. But yeah. I think there's a point that they're doing that. And also uh, Nick Fury as well. So I think both of them could have cameos. I would hope so. they could. Yeah. Uh, my, my guess is the cameos... I, I, my guess uh, for the cameos would be... Um, Tony Stark and Captain America. Like, mm. just really quick Tony Stark in the beginning because she's leaving the Avengers compound. And then at the end is when she joins up with Cap and, and them. Yeah, I, I I think we have to have something with Hawkeye, Clint, uh, in there because we know what happens in Endgame and we have to develop their relationship even more. I mean, they, they're always teasing about what happened in Budapest, right? Throughout... The entire so you think they'll take us? No, please don't tell me you want to see the Budapest thing. Just leave it. Uh, that's the type of prequel shit that we don't want. Do you like it because it's a mystery? Yes. Okay. okay. okay yeah. That's, Reference that's, to, yeah, and then it's fine. always going to be better in your own brain, just like Han Solo meeting Chewbacca. Well, you right. just fine. just like the Kessel Run, right? Just like the, you, yeah, you, you yeah, do exactly. the Kessel Run. You're like, ah, oh, fuck. Now I know sure. what it looks like. Sure, but I, I I think maybe maybe tease it a little bit more. Maybe don't show exactly what happened, but we know that. What 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 do you have to do at Varmir? You have to give up uh, what you love the most. Mm -hmm. Like, how is Hawkeye? Like, they love each they've, other the most. I don't. I don't. I, they've gone through that though. Sense. They've gone through that in in even the first Avengers, where it was like she was very affected by the fact that Hawkeye was turned by Loki because Hawkeye was the one that turned her from yeah, the assassin, yeah. right. the bad assassin, to right. who she is now. Right, mm -hmm. and Hawkeye. And so this was just kind of they've had that. Already that back and forth, their relationship. So it, you, I don't think you really need to see more in in I that relationship. I think Marvel owes us a little bit more explanation of their their. That's their the prequel trap. That's, into, that's the pre into and I don't want it. That's 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 the exact like. How did they put the toilets into the Death Star? We don't give a shit. It just <laughs> is. You know, it's like these things are just better in our minds. So show us something new. So the the one thing I am looking forward to is after this movie, then being able to rewatch Infinity War and Endgame, and now knowing what this character has been through, having a little bit more emotional weight to this character, because there is a lot of emotion she shows in Endgame after yeah. like losing half the people of the world, half of her family, kind of thing. Yeah, it might give some good insight or hindsight into you know her decision to be the one to sacrifice herself. You know, and and then yeah, it just could could give a little bit more depth into that character when you rewatch. I think everyone's going to die. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, and like could be. It's going this is like I feel like this movie is the rogue one of the Marvel. Right. It could be, yeah, cuz there's, there's yeah. like why why wouldn't these guys show up in the big fight against Thanos, at, you know, in Endgame? Cuz they're yeah. it also goes for that she's Black Widow and the Black Widows and they kill things. Yeah. Maybe like she's not going to kill, but everyone's going to die. There is also so there's a scene in this where they're all sitting Spoilers. around the uh, the dinner table and um, uh, David Harbour's character's like, oh, family's back together. And if you look at the outfits that they're wearing, so her sister or Yelena, the blonde one, Florence Pooh. <laughs> Pooh! Pug. <gasps> no! Uh, <laughs> she's wearing a, like a blackish vest 
And if you look at what Scarlett Johansson's wearing in Infinity War in Wakanda, she's wearing a blackish gray vest, <laughs> which could be the exact same yeah. vest. Hashtag and she's, like blonde. And she's blonde. blonde. She dyed her hair blonde. Well, in honor of her fallen sister or whatever. Yeah. Okay, yeah, neat. Yeah, it's just fun to have another Marvel movie to look forward to. Yeah. And the scene where she's like diving in the air, like skydiving, yeah. that looks sweet. Yeah, that's yeah. like, I wasn't sure how they were going to make this movie epic, but I mean, you should show that's something like that. fight scene when she first yeah. uh, uh, confronts Pooh. Yeah. Pug. Um, Stop. <laughs> looks really good in the trailer. Like that was, I was, it was very good editing. Whoever did this trailer, they did a really great job with it. Fully. Have you guys seen uh, Edge of Tomorrow? Is that no. The Tom, is that the Tom so, Cruise? Emily, good, so Emily, it's Emily Blunt and Tom Cruise, and Emily Blunt is like she's the the female hero of the story, and she or the hero. Jesus Christ, <laughs> art. <laughs> No, no, if you watch the movie, you'll know what I'm talking about. She's like, there's that actual reference to it. Anyway, she, um, anyway, the way they portray her uh, as being such a badass, and I, some of the scenes I thought in the trailer and the picture that from the Black Widow movie, it just reminds me of that character from that movie. Mm. And um, if, yeah, if they find a way to make her as badass as Emily Blunt was in that movie, awesome. I'm totally down. Nice. No so, Time to Die looks pretty good. Oh, like, it's no time right now. Yes, it does. Looks great. Yeah. Hey, uh, did you hear this uh, great theory about No Time to Die? Tell Do me. Dr. No. Dr. No. Oh! That's, uh, no! Time yeah, to Die. Yeah, that's what I, I kind of fit, like, when you actually look at the logo, too, No is at the very top, and then Time to Die. Mm. Um, so it's like, it could be No, comma. Time right. to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, um, and apparently, too, uh, it all takes place or a lot of it in Jamaica, which is where Doctor No originally took place. What? And awesome. it kind of makes sense and kind of fits with, which I really they brought Blofeld back you got, to this yeah. one, yeah. right? Yeah. So exactly. Like, yeah. You know, so it makes huh. sense that uh, Blofeld, even though he's incarcerated, would still be like pulling strings, and that Doctor No would wouldn't be one of his chief lieutenants. So that's oh, sweet. That's and, it, cool. and it makes sense with what they're doing with these Daniel Craig movies, which is like. Obviously, doing them in a really sweet modern way, but connecting also them connecting them yeah. to the classic, um, you know, Ian Fleming novels and the um, and the, the like, very beginning of the franchise, which I'm all about. I love it. Yeah, it's a pretty great looking trailer. I'm yeah intrigued by lots of little things. Can't wait to see Rami Malek as the bad guy. Yeah, uh, what's his name here? Safin. And this is Daniel Craig's last movie, right? I think that's. I think they've made that pretty clear, or he's made that pretty clear. Yeah. That's what I, I thought that's, they said about the last one. That's too. what they, yeah, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. I know, and I'm bummed about it, honestly. Like, really? This run. He's had a great run. He's had a great run, truly. But, and, you know, but, you know, it just puts, like, conclusion pressure onto it. Because it's like, you want to have this nice little run as be a tight little narrative. It starts off in Casino Royale with, like, him, you know, getting his license to kill and everything. So it's really meant to reboot the whole series, right? And so now you got to put that pressure on this movie to wrap it up in a neat little bow or whatever, or give Daniel Craig's Bond a satisfying conclusion. And I don't know. I guess that's good. Maybe that'll be satisfying, or maybe it would be nice if we could just continue on with I, this storyline because it's like we, you you really you want you want to continue on with this storyline. Yeah, because this is my favorite type of James Bond stuff. Number one, really? it's like done to a really great high level of quality. Daniel Craig's a fantastic Bond. No. They've set up all oh, the classic oh. like little things like uh, with M and Q and all that. They've got back. Blofeld's back. Like This is the classic Bond shit that I love. Uh, I was talking with Brian about this yesterday, and my problem with this run of James Bond, even though you're, you're absolutely right, these movies, they're gorgeous, they have great 
sound effects, uh, great everything. Great <laughs> action everything. Set pieces. Yeah, action set pieces. There. I like how the first thing you pulled out was sound effects. Yeah, whatever. He's not wrong though. The yeah. sound no, editing. Yeah, the sound. The sound, sound design is, is unreal. Is, is really really good. Sound yeah. effects. And but my problem with it is that for me, James Bond is a little like it's a little too serious yeah. for James Bond, yeah. and and that and which is strange because I do like serious like like. I feel like ever since the and I've said this on this podcast before ever since the uh the Bourne movies come out, have come out yeah. James Bond has changed they cuz they feel like they need to have that yep. really you know that kind of action in their in their movie and which is great and everything but I don't like how um James Bond has become so like there's a hokiness to James Bond sure. in the old James Bond, and yeah. I like Daniel Craig, and we're going to talk about him later in the movie that he's uh, that he was just in in Knives Out. But I, I feel like they don't give him an opportunity to act in yeah. these movies. He's the same guy, and I feel like all the movies feel the same. Mm-hmm. They all feel the same. I like, don't like I, him as a Bond. Yeah, really. No, and 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 that's and I think of the old James Bond because they weren't really as connected. Like these yeah. movies are really connected that I could remember. I could remember one from the other. These ones, they all just kind of yeah. They all feel like one movie. I'll agree no, I remember with you Skyfall. There. I remember Skyfall. Yeah, yeah I remember standalone. Skyfall. Yeah. yeah. Kirsten, what's your beef with Daniel Craig? He just all he does is furrow his brow. Oh. His brow is furrowed, and now he's James Bond. I'll say this. <laughs> I. Like Daniel Craig as yeah. James Bond. Okay, I agree with your points on it. I just really hope that this is good and this ends him off on a high note. Because yeah. if they were to end it off on the last movie, oh, you know, maybe this is the reason why he was like, I think I should do one more yeah, because yeah. that last one was a fucking like I should have ended it at Skyfall. Yeah. Dang, you know. And I like the movies though. Like, I, like I'm with Art on this one. Um, I like the movies. I like the sound effects. Um, but, <laughs> but so much of that but, is based on the guy. But and the the plots are great and the connection is great. But it's just, um, yeah, he's just he's not like he's not winking at the camera. Wink at he's the camera. Not, he's not like going off on a boat at the end with the right. you know whatever. Like it's there's not the as many puns. I think that's what Austin Powers is for. No, like James Bond is is. Well, James Fun. Bond, like, he's, he's, a, a mod- he's, a, he's a sign of the times, yeah. obviously, when you go mm. back and you look at all the James Bonds and how they've come up through every you know decade and everything like that. Yeah. And maybe that is the sign of our times, that everything is just it so should just be, It should be a little yeah. bit more fun. Yeah. Yeah. But I think Bud raises because a good point. Because this isn't born. Right. Yeah, right. But I think Bud does raise a good point that like when you have so many, like when Austin Powers is a parody that's barely different from the original, <laughs> right? In the Sean Connery Bonds, like just elevate, yes, like just crank it up a little tiny bit to make it funny. That shows you that your character is mostly a joke, right? And so you do have to serious it up to be taken more no, seriously. No, then they put serious brow face in there. Yeah. So who do you want to see? Like who? What? type of bond do you want to go back to because obviously Roger Moore oh my god the jizz jokes with that guy over the top too many right no man that was like the last two that, movies when they brought him back and he didn't want to come Roger Moore is my favorite I think it's kind of that right he didn't okay, want so to, that's the kind of thing you want he didn't want to come back those last two movies he was like I'm too old I don't want to do this and they were like no come back Roger it'll be fine right. I think it's sort of somewhat Cyclical, yes. In that, in a sense, in that, like after uh, an era of ridiculousness, you kind of need that seriousness, mm-hmm. and that's kind of almost like what Timothy 
Dalton brought is that right. a little bit of a hardcore nature yeah. to it. And then you kind of get back to, oh, let's go with the Pierce Brosnan yeah. 90s one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Right? And then want... after the Pierce Brosnan ones, it's like, fuck, we need to hardcore this shit. I think I just it, want right? like a little bit more swagger. And like Craig's Bond is so serious yeah. and so like... Everybody will Man, die, I and Idris I Elba, can Idris kill. Elba would have brought that swagger. Yeah, like uh, a little bit of swagger is is all I need from my James Bond. I don't mind how serious it is. I just, I just want a little bit more than he's sad and everyone dies, and right. I can kill people. And <laughs> that's interesting. And I think there's room for that. And for my sure. poor house in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> like, I don't know. What did we think of Lashana Lynch as the other double O? I don't think she's going to make it out of this movie, yeah? honestly. Mm-mm. Yeah, I think this this whole big hype machine that's been built around the black female 007 is going to be a colossal red herring. You can tell from this trailer what exactly what it is. James Bond goes into hiding. They replace him as 007, so there's his new sweet 007. Uh, he, he comes back. They work together. She dies. He so retakes the mantle. In other movies, obviously. in the previous <laughs> Craig, Daniel Craig movies, has he been called 007? Oh, yeah. Oh, they yeah. refer to him as okay, that, yeah? That's yeah. Right. That's yeah. what I was wondering. Is like maybe this is the first time anybody in this movie series has been called 007, and then he just uh. sort of takes over that moniker after she get, kicks kicks the bucket. Yeah, <laughs> you know. I read yeah. somewhere that there is there is it been five years since the last Bond? Hasn't been that long, has it? Maybe. It could have been. What was that movie called? See, Spectre. they all blend into one. Yeah, what really, was it called? Yeah, yeah. You know what? It could have. It might have been five years. Yeah. Wow. That's a that's a long time. That is. So. Yeah, I guess we're ready for another James Bond. Well, because there was that period of uncertainty as to whether or not he's coming. Who was coming yeah. back? Spectre yeah. was 2015. Wow. Spectre, that's wow. what it was. Because he, because I think uh, Daniel Craig w- was on record saying that he hated filming these movies, and he's kind of had to walk that back a little bit with uh, with, <laughs> with some of the press. Yeah, he's promoting this. I love filming these movies. <laughs> we uh, were talking about this yesterday, Caleb and I, and because I was saying like I'd love for this guy to you know keep doing them. And Caleb's like, can you imagine how crummy it would be as you're getting older to have to, like, stay in that good of shape and, you know, like, not touch a carb for three years at a time while you're getting ready to film this thing? And I'm saying, I don't know, if it was, if they were handing me the piles of money that they are, I'd probably do some more push-ups to be James Bond. They filmed to continue this being back-to-back back with Knives Out. Apparently, they, they oh, wrapped oh, wow. Knives Out. And then they started filming. Uh, oh, Anna Darmus is also going to be in this movie. Yes. And that's where I read that because I read that interview and she was like, it was great because I had the rapport with Daniel Craig oh, um, going brilliant. into this movie. So I didn't feel like I had like cold feet going into this fucking Bond movie right. as a Bond girl because she'd be hanging out. Hanging we, out we already hung out. Yeah. yeah. That's neat. And um, it, what's interesting, and we'll touch on this when we review Knives Out, but um, Anna Darmus. It's so interesting to see her in this trailer, anyways, looking like dolled out to the mm-hmm. nines as a Bond girl yep. compared to what we'll talk about later in Knives yep. Out. It's funny whenever you watch Art say the name Anna de Armas, you're always always gives out the vibe like she needs a restraining order. <laughs> <laughs> Anna de Armas is in this movie. Well then, let's switch gears to Mulan. Uh, do we all? This is a late breaking. Right? Oh, oh Jesus. <laughs> This is a late-breaking trailer drop. Have we all seen the Mulan trailer? Yeah. Yeah. No. Okay, well. It looks great. It does. It looks amazing. I love the orchestra sound. Yeah, a couple of uh, small changes to various people. It's uh, Bori Khan, not Sean Yu, as the bad guy. Uh, There is a witch that is with him who's doing some of that cool Japanese fabric-throwing, whipping stuff that I like from the Crouch and Tiger and Dragon. Is the Phoenix? The Phoenix? Is that what she is? 
Uh, they they made um they made a parallel between the phoenix uh, being on the right hand of the emperor. The phoenix is the guardian, and so that's the what, cloth uh, whipping stuff is Japanese. I, I th- maybe or Chinese? Maybe. Oh, he's a Japanese. I did say Japanese. One racist. <laughs> so racist. P.S. I'm half Chinese. Um, so yeah, a couple little One name- half racist. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a couple uh, little name changes and cool things in here, and generally, yeah, looks like a pretty good movie. I didn't want to like this. I really? Didn't like I didn't want to really just because well, of the track record. Mulan was just such a like a great movie, wow. you know, like for my life. But of course, you know, being half Chinese too, I like sure. I love that. Love the sort of the all the cult. How how transparent it was. It wasn't whitewashed, kind of thing. Right. Um, so, so and then that little dragon part well, was, was Mount that Doom. Mushu? They did film it in New Zealand. <laughs> that was Mount Doom. Actually, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, neato. Real. In, in New Zealand, they, I just uh, think if there was ever uh, Disney the same movie that could this one? be redone, and this this could be it. Well, I, I think this is this is worth that. I think it is. I really. It's do. interesting to hear Bud say that like this. The original animated one was important to you, and then now you're excited for this because the original animated one for me is like one of my least favorite. Like I, I think I saw it once or twice as a kid. And I think don't that's popular care. opinion. Yeah. 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 Do you think? I yeah, I think so. Mulan is kind of lower on the rung. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that I am sort of exception to the rule and that's probably because of my heritage that sure. yeah I know Mulan wasn't one of their bigger things right. definitely okay so then so for people like me then who were not so so into the animated one I'm watching this trailer and I'm like I'm in I'm t- 100% sold badass yeah and I think maybe that's why they're not you know with Aladdin and the Lion King this year oh you had to handle it with white fucking gloves because oh these are the this is my childhood treasure yeah. yes oh careful gentle make sure it's fucking scene for scene otherwise we're gonna be mad at you and I think that's what kind of ruined it with this I'm just like yeah yeah we know the story we're just gonna make it we're gonna make it look good we don't fucking need the dragon that's fine that's the thing the the, the animated adaptation was literally like an adaptation of a short story to begin with there was right. lots that they could embellish and we already know about, you know they've made a bunch of changes here and so it's it's going to be a great story yeah. with some great action and great characters built off of this same small it's it's all up for interpretation and i think that's probably one of the good things about it is, is you can't it doesn't have to be so tightly knit to the original yeah i wonder if there's been any update to the uh, mulan actors controversy with tweeting support for the hong kong oh, police that's right too. i think they're just yeah. trying to get us to like forget about it yeah like wipe it from your brain so sounds about happened. right yeah <laughs> And yeah, we would have if it wasn't for Brian. <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> nice one, Brian. No, yeah, I, I, I'm excited for this movie, and I like what it has to say about responsibility and family and everything like that and the, the Asian family. It was the word witch that really got me for some reason. He's like, he's a bad guy. And I was like, all right, I know there's a bad guy. And it's like, he travels with a witch. And I was like, what? A w- what kind of witch? What powers does she have? That's neat. Are they going to fight? Oh, cool. Oh, man. <laughs> well, the same, same actress fought a, a witch in, uh, what was the Jet Li and Jackie Chan movie? Oh, uh, with the Monkey King, the Monkey yeah. Dragon King, uh, yeah. Uh, Forbidden Kingdom. Forbidden Kingdom. Yeah, and then she had to fight a witch in that or something. Yeah. Well, I'm, this I gotta see. <laughs> yeah, we talked about that way back when. I yeah. loved that connection. That was so cool. Uh, we'll stick with Disney news and this amazingly wholesome thing that you found, Paul, that they're gonna have a Star Wars game show for kids yeah. called Jedi Temple Challenge on Disney+. And who's gonna host it? I'm at best the guy who played Jar Jar Binks on episode one through three, Piles of Garbage. 
This yeah. Horrible. But thank God we've grown out of, no, you know. I like, I like what he had to say about it, though. I thought lovely. it was really yeah. sweet. What did he, he say? Well, he said that um, uh, children were always the ones when he was going through all his hard times because, like, he was, like, suicidal because people hated Jar Jar and, like, right. it was awful. And he said it was the children and the smiles of the children and how much the kids loved Jar Jar that really helped him through that difficult time in his life. So he's happy to, like, do this show, like, this kid show now. And he's stoked on it. I, I like that. I saw a thing recently, too, with him. Um, and I, I guess it was, like, after he had gone through the really hard time. But he remembers maybe when the movie, like, when episode one even first came out. Mm-hmm. And I think he talked to George Lucas. And he's like, this is awful, right? <laughs> like, this is this character you've created here. People fucking hate it. And George Lucas at the time was just like, yeah, but give it 20 years. Because it's for it's for fucking babies, yeah. Charger Man, stupid cartoon rabbit stepping in shit. Like that's for children. Give it twenty years; those kids will grow up, and they'll you know these kids are going to grow up watching these movies. They'll like you. They won't hate you. Mm-hmm. You know that's um, crazy. And and so he kind of hung on to that as well. And so now, like th- again, this is going to be a show for kids. And how great that he did. He he pushed through yep. the hatred of the fat thirty-something bearded fanboys, who like myself, who all hate him. <laughs> Right, and now he's got something to do with the kids who grew up liking him. I think that's nice. That's really wholesome. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It's a game show for kids. It's yep. fucking where in the world is Carmen San Diego, but with yep. Star Wars. Yep. Awesome. That's rad yep. for like, a bunch of kids to watch on Disney Plus. Hundred percent. So, <laughs> the Simon Pegg quote, or no, the quote from Quentin Tarantino about Simon Pegg, um, where Simon Pegg is trying to say what Quentin Tarantino's movie is is going to be and is not going to be, and then Quentin Tarantino is like. No, it's gonna be this. I love that he stood up about this Quentin Tarantino, yeah. saying that his next his Star Trek movie, if it happens, will absolutely be Pulp Fiction in space. Because I didn't. I guess that happened. Like <laughs> that is. I didn't remember that Simon Pegg did that. That he was like, "All right, everyone, calm down." Oh, I didn't know until you sent this along. Yeah, right. Look, come on. Yes, it's gonna be Tarantino, but. You know, it's not going to be Pulp Fiction in space. Like, come on, let's not get crazy. And then Tarantino's like, yes, it absolutely fucking is going to be. That's amazing. And I'm so excited for whatever that means. You actually think this is going to happen? I don't think it's going to happen. I don't know if it's going to happen, but God, don't you want it to? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I don't think it's going to happen. And when you read this article, when Tarantino makes strong statements like this, now, he's a guy who just shoots his mouth off, I understand, but... Doesn't it sound like he really wants to and he really knows what it's going to be? And he's pitched it to JJ. He's pitched it to the studio. They all seem to think it's sweet. So, Star Trek V, fucking Pulp Fiction is based. That's rad. He's done nine movies and he said that he's going to do ten and then quit. So that would mean that this Star Trek movie would have to be his tenth. I predict that he's going to make a tenth movie. It won't be Star Wars. And then Star he'll Trek make this eleventh as like a bonus track. That's really my, that's my guess anyways. I, I don't know. I think that it would be okay in his mind and in his fans and everything to do his tenth and final one as Star Trek. Absolutely. I believe that. I would love for that. I don't think studios would agree. Really, I think they would want you know to be on a more Quentin Tarantino note. But is wouldn't it be just like Quentin Tarantino to do that twist at the right. end yeah. and just ride into the sunset with a freaking you know uh, wagon train to the stars yeah. with lots of swears? I think it would be amazing. I think it'd be great because I think you know there's a lot of hardcore Tarantino fans and then there's a lot of hardcore Star Trek fans and there is that Venn diagram oh, in the middle. That's a good call, right? And I, so I think that's going to appeal just to, like, everybody, though, in those two circles. 
and um, and be really rad. Um, so make it something like uh, the Deadpool of the Star Trek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But right? yeah. you know, but done in a really sweet, stylist way. And I, you think about stuff that is characteristic to Tarantino movies, like okay, the amazing soundtrack. Well, you know, fuck JJ put Beastie Boys into a Star Trek movie that worked twice. Yeah, right? It's the weird. same fucking song. Yeah. I know, that was weird. You're right, it's weird. It does seem to be sort of this, I hate this phrase, but kind of perfect storm timing of this type of movie to come out now. Yeah. Um, there's there's things that he, I think Tarantino can do that's, you know, stroke a genius to bring back these characters for this new generation in his really sweet way. And don't forget, like, Tarantino's an OG Star Trek fan. He grew up watching it on TV, Kirk and Spock and these guys. So he never got muddled, not so much with, like, the high science fiction ideals of, like, the next generation era. So he's thinking about, like, that gritty fucking low budget fighting a monster on a planet you know tricking a robot into exploding its own brain that type of shit and that written and done by Tarantino I think would be so amazing and yeah don't rein yourself in Tarantino we like what you do so yeah if you want to do it all the way to 11 fucking do it don't let Simon Pegg tell you not to do a cuss word in it you know what they call a quarter pounder in space (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? That's an interesting No point. one wanted to know? No, I don't know. <laughs> what do they call it? Oh, call I, it? I didn't realize there would be a different punchline. Let's hear it. A Royale with space cheese. Oh, my God. Get out. That was <laughs> awful. Glad we got there for that. <laughs> <laughs> Just ask for the simulator for it. Um, and, but that's, you know, and that's uh, one of Tarantino's best written dialogue scenes, and that's what he does so well. And it's an element that sometimes gets left behind in these movies. The thing that that cast or that crew has like best for itself, like Kirk and Spock and them, is the friendship at the base of those three main characters, right? And so, hell yeah, I want to hear what Tarantino puts in their mouths. That's awesome. Let's talk about Neil. Royale with space cheese. That's what he's putting in their mouths. (laughs) No, let's stop. Let's talk about Neil Gaiman and Superman. Um DC, the story came out that DC is still really not sure what to do with the next sort of chapters of, of Superman because they're... Who's, who's at DC is just going, I don't know. <laughs> tell, <laughs> tell the people. We don't know. Like, who is this? <laughs> I know, right? You make a really good <laughs> I point. I feel like if I'm like the head of DC, I'm like, lock the door. And get out! <laughs> Close it and lock it behind you. So what are, what are the opinions around? Never let around? this leave this Never room. Let people know that we don't know. <laughs> we don't know what to do with our most popular, profitable character. It's like that headline that said, the director of such and such, if, you know, if, uh, what's his name, appeared in it, would be really cool. Yeah. Run with it! Yeah. Well, I'm just curious, uh, the opinion around the pod here, like, because I was listening to the last podcast and you guys were talking about Superman. Mm. And I, I guess Paul hates Superman. It's just not a fan. That's that's what I that's no, what that's I got not true from at what all. I saying. love Superman. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm just wondering, like, why is there so, like why do we not know what to do with Superman? Like Richard Donner did Superman perfect, right? His movies weren't perfect, but that to me that's what Superman is. The studio is reportedly unsure about how to make the character quote relevant to modern audiences. Because they were talking about how goody two shoes. Do they have like a lunch lady like we do? That's like going in there, right? Like, like, like I don't. Who? Of, of all the superheroes out there, you know, you can you can reboot Aquaman with Jason Momoa, and it's just like fun and you know, sort of a lot less serious. But Superman has always just sort of been like that one-dimensional serious character in PJs. 
uh, that they don't seem to be able to oh, you know who change the Superman? mood of Daniel Craig. Ah! Uh, that is a great role there for you Superman. Superman has black hair. This is what I, this is. This so is. does James Bond. He's not supposed <laughs> to be blonde. Woo! I love it. The problem with Superman, I think, the new Superman, because I think Henry Cavill is a good actor, and I think they just didn't give him an opportunity to be a little bit more hokey. Like the whole James Bond thing that we're talking about there. <laughs> like, just, you know, wink at the camera a little bit. Uh, Christopher Reeve had it perfect. Art yes, really me. likes it when people wink Well, at I mean, just don't take yourself so seriously. Art, Art, imagine I this. get it, though. Anna de Armas winking, winking at the, at the camera. camera. I wish. Oh. Eating a Royale with space cheese. <laughs> I, Too far! I, <laughs> like, Snyder had it in his head that this guy has to be just... What, what, he has to be inspiring. Is that who, who said no, that? No, no, no. Neil, Neil Gaiman, Gaiman said that he has to be inspired. Like I disagree don't... with that as well. Why the Snyder stuff came from? I think a lot of studio uh, interference where they were like, "The Dark Knight worked. Everything has to be dark." Yeah. I want an angry. The, the, the phrase they kept throwing around at the time was "angry god." We want Superman wow. as an angry god. Yeah. Enough of this Christopher Weave yeah. winking yeah, at the if, camera. If the Dark Knight didn't happen. And they brought back Superman. They would never in a million years have ca- had Zack Snyder make that movie. No. P.S. Oh, no. Sidebar: If you want angry God Superman, Brightburn. I just watched Brightburn. it, and that's oh, literally that yes, movie. Yes, right. It's James so Gunn too. It was James Gunn. Oh, yeah, that doesn't suit the Superman character at but all. But no, it doesn't. It's an interesting, and that's why it's not yeah. Superman, and it's like the same thing. There's, so it's weird a, yeah, that that's a, what they wanted. Yeah, there's a conversation in. Um, the OC, the show, The OC. I just remember this conversation. And it's Seth Cohen saying why he likes Superman. And because everybody's like, oh, he's too perfect. He's this alien that you can't uh, relate oh, yeah. with. And Seth Cohen's like, well, that's just it. He, he wants to be human, though. That's what's great about Superman. Here's a guy who could take over the entire universe, take over Earth, and he doesn't. He doesn't want to do that. So and that's not inspiring? Yeah. Well, listen. Okay, inspiring. That's inspiring. So, yeah. So, the backlash on Twitter has been amazing to this bonehead, dumb, ding dong, dodo, DC, ding dong thing that they said about their how fucking. How to make it relevant. Yeah. yeah. How to make it relevant. Oh, I don't know. In 2019 or 2020, we've got a kid from middle America who then becomes a journalist who then takes on, as his biggest villains, billionaire monsters who eventually right. become presidents. Yeah. I don't know how that could be a relevant thing. And that is what is so stupid and tone deaf about yeah. that thing. It's like, oh, do you not know what's going on in your country right now, you ding-dongs? No, he's been on the, like, 72nd floor of the Warner Brothers building this entire time and hasn't stepped outside. Exactly, and he thinks <laughs> Bernie Sanders is totally radical. So He's very it's, relevant is it's, what you're saying. It's yeah. very relevant. Yeah. It's a, such a bullshit thing to say. Now, Just make him likable, guys. Just make him likable. And you gotta lighten the tone up and make him likable. Now, Neil Gaiman... He takes it a next step. Yeah, he's like, you don't make him relevant, you make him inspiring, which good line is true. And like, see, I agree with it because of what those fuckers on the OC say. The other, the other conversation. <laughs> Great show, by the way. The, the cooler reference is Kill Bill. Oh, uh, there we go. <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying it's like because they talk about him and Kill Bill, right? In the, like in that sort of climactic scene, in terms of what makes Superman so special, and just like those fuckers on the OC said. Um, Here's a guy that's like, unlike Spider-Man, who is a superhero uh, uh, as his secret identity, and then a regular kid or whatever, or photographer by day. Here's a guy who is a fucking superhero, and that's his regular persona. Yeah. And he puts on the glasses, and he puts on the things to make him 
human to blend in with the world. Yes. And that's what he wants to be. That's inspiring. That's inspiring. Just make it a little more likable. I'm sorry, but Cavill's Superman was not likable, and Snyder did nothing to make you really like him, I don't think. Yeah. Some of the human humanity in him, right? Yeah. That's, and that's easy. I think that's easy. I think uh, the next person who gets Superman can definitely get that. Do you hear that, DC? We fixed your problem. Easy. I Easy. hope it gets back to you through the lunch lady. The lunch lady. <laughs> when she shows up, we'll tell her and she'll go back to DC. <laughs> Let's quickly zip through the Irishman. Um, this became quite a funny thing on Twitter. I think it started with uh, one person who made a little graphic that was like, oh, if you find the, the Irishman too, too long for one night's viewing, here's how to break it down into four episodes. Bless you. Yeah, and the Martin Scorsese's like, no, don't do that. No, that's not allowed. This is cinema. It simply must be watched in a single sitting. <laughs> Which completely caused the Streisand effect and then just blew it up even bigger. That's yeah, great. it's just so funny. Effect? He doesn't know what to shut up. It's like, can I pause it to go to the bathroom, Martin? I imagine him like standing at the door to my living room being like, no, hold it. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, has it been doing well? Do you guys know? Has the Irishman been doing Netflix like, well? doesn't tell numbers. Netflix never, never does no. numbers. Critically, they can't stop blowing it. But yeah. like, um, yeah, who knows? You, how you many, finished how, it, Paul? Here's the thing. No, I haven't Ooh. watched it. No. Oh, Martin <laughs> Sorge is going to be mad. I haven't watched it either. I haven't watched it either, and this is right up my alley. Because I it's decide. a little daunting? It's daunting. Three it's three and a half, half hours. Yeah, that guy was trying to do Scorsese a favor. Like, here you go. Break it up into four things, people. Now you can watch it. Yeah. And now he's all mad about it. Yeah. Yeah. I saw it, though I had to set my alarm. Because, like, I, my kids wake up in the morning, and they want to watch whatever I'm watching on TV, so I can't <laughs> watch it. Man. So I set my alarm for fucking six in the morning wow. so that I could watch it and be done by 9.30. Yeah, right. Oh, my Hoping God. Hoping that they would fucking sleep in. So did dude. you watch it? Yeah, I watched it, and I finished it. Is it great? Nah, it's good. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know? it's, was I, it overhyped for you, though? I think it was overhyped. Yeah. That's what it was. And, like, because I, I think my favorite piece of Martin Scorsese work uh, right now is The Departed. Yeah. But understanding that that's a very different movie that's almost like a martin scorsese thriller brian please it's pronounced to padded to padded <laughs> um but the irishman like performance is good you know yeah. uh, uh, joe pesci, pesci fucking knocked it out of the yeah. park for how's me. the sound in that movie no it sounds great <laughs> the pew 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 painting walls <laughs> pew 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 um i thought that it was, yeah, it, it's like, to, to me, it came off as a Martin Scorsese drama, hmm. which is, I don't know, it was a little boring for my taste. <laughs> I, I, I probably would have split it up into four parts. Right. Yeah. I find yeah. when the movie's that long, too, I find myself when I'm watching it, I'm like, Did, was that scene necessary? And that's how I watch it a little bit. I'm like, <laughs> you you kind of get in your head. everyone turns into Kirsten yeah, with how the fuck it. long is this goddamn movie? Mm -hmm. I kind of felt that way a little bit. That was my only, like... Uh, Drawback watching Knives Out. That was only was, two hours. And there two was minutes. a few scenes where I was like, I think oh probably could have cut that. Kirsten. Yeah. I don't mind long movies, but I just it's finding the time for me. That's all. And you know what? Hey, maybe he's right. Now, if this was in the theater, I would have just gone. That would have been my evening. I would have gone and I sat and like pissed in my popcorn bucket not. after it was finished. And you know. Don't Remember when fucking Endgame came out and exactly. everyone was trying to plan how they were going to go to the bathroom during this movie? Yes, this movie is longer yeah. than Endgame. Yeah. P.S. The Run P app is what you're looking for. Run P. But right, but like now because it's at home, I'm like, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And I'm here. Here we are, a week and a half later, and I haven't. Well, gotten yeah. To it yet. The way he's kind of coming out and being like, No, you got. It's it's not. Well, 
way to make it seem like fucking homework now. I know. Yeah. You know? It, I know. Yeah. For him coming out and saying this is as if someone was like, hey, everyone, I saw Martin Scorsese donate a puppy to a family. And then he's come out and be like, no, I just kicked that dog. It landed. I don't care. I kicked <laughs> the dog. I kick it. In 2003, there was a photographer named Kenneth, Kenneth Edelman, and he took a photo of Barbara Streisand's Malibu house mm-hmm. and posted it on something called um, Pictopia.com. Okay. Barbara Streisand found out about this, sued the photographer, and wanted it taken down from the website. By the way, before the lawsuit, the, the photo had only been downloaded six times, and two of those <laughs> were from Barbara Streisand's attorney. <laughs> so she wanted this photo scrubbed from the collection of 12,000 California coastline uh, photographs. But the oh my lawsuit- god, he wasn't even like going to take a picture. That just happened. But, but the oh, lawsuit gained such notoriety that uh, more than 420,000 people visited the site over the next month. Oh, and so the Streisand effect is when you try and just like squish something, make ah, something not happen, it blows up in your face and becomes you. even bigger than it was okay. before. Lol. Oh. <laughs> thought it was just her wondering if her papa could hear her. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm only going to talk about this because I want to put it on the cue sheet and I want lots of people to see this because I found it so cool. Did anybody else watch any part of the Star Wars Kabuki? You were trying to send me a virus. Cut it on Suke, Three Shining Swords. I saw this and I was like, Bud is trying to send me a virus. <laughs> this looks like a virus. <laughs> oh. The screenshot looks like a virus. This looks like all the things Did it look I'm like a virus because everything was like on. aligned center? And in I was trying to make it like yeah. the title crawl, like Star Wars. And in like Korean? What was it? It's Japanese. In Japanese? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, happy designs? That seems fake. Oh, did I send that from my wrong address? I'm just joking. Okay, jeez. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, so they made a freaking Kabuki um, performance. Kabuki's like drama dance, uh, old, old, old Japanese form of entertainment. P.S. Started strictly by women and then... Fucking patriarchy comes and kicks all the women out and makes it men exclusive. Anyways, um, so they made one for the what was the last movie? What last, the Last Jedi. <laughs> Do you have a gong in here? <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry. You scraped patriarchy. the um, springs of the yeah, microphone. I'm sorry. With yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Um, so cool. they made this this Kabuki of uh, the Last Jedi and this one great guy with an, an amazing laugh. <laughs> It's just so, whoa, that, like, it's very traditional kabuki sound. And they act out The Last Jedi, and it's great, and there's those hats, and this, I, just, I can't, it, it was so weird and awesome and ridiculous. Please go to the zone.fm slash podcast and find the entry for this thing and watch it. If, if I've, I'll leave in a time code for when it starts. And anyways, me, I'm highly, I was amused by this. Okay, so. but we'll watch it. <laughs> Sorry. No, I wanted to watch it. It was, just, yeah. it was 56 minutes long. Um, shall we do some reviews and recommendations? Yeah. yeah! Knives Out. Most of you saw Knives Out. Yeah, and it was rad. I really uh, it's good. Like, all-star really cast. It's it one lot. of those, like, real cast-heavy, um, like, like, ooh, they're in it, ooh, they're in it, ooh, they're in it movies. Um, Ryan Johnson, real great at writing his own movies. Yeah. Stay away from Star Wars, please. <laughs> um, love his own movies. Um, he's apparently, like, a genius. Like, I was reading an interview with Anna de Armas, and she was just saying Ryan Johnson, um, apparently, like, his directorial style, he's really, like, an actor's director, like, makes everyone feel really comfortable. Apparently, um... 
uh, Anna de Armas and uh, Daniel Craig were like looking for plot holes in the script. They were oh, like, yeah. there's wow. got to be something that he's missed in because it's a murder mystery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's got to be something that he's missed in here or whatever. And there was like nothing. Um, That's but, amazing. Yeah. So it was it was I enjoyed it. I, I really enjoyed, I think, the cast, the uh, like ensemble cast. A lot and how they how they work together and the plot was really good and Jamie I was Lee surprised Curtis. at the end. I thought I had I had written on my phone what I thought the answer was going to be, like yeah. who did it. Um, no spoilers. Please. And uh, no, I won't spoil it. And uh, I didn't get it. I almost did though. Yeah. But it it kept me surprised to the end, which is nice because I'm one of those people that is always like, I've got it. Well, I've got it's it. such a rare thing to be surprised right to the end. So yeah. I'm glad. Yeah. Anna Darmus and Daniel Craig. They he's, steal this movie. He's got that look on his face again. They they yeah. I mean they are the main characters More than and they Chris get, Evans, Mr. Beard. I actually thought Chris Evans uh didn't have the biggest role in this movie. He didn't. Oh, no, he didn't. Yeah, he was like I think he was in like half the movie. But was he good in what he did? Did he, he like, I thought oh, yeah, he was really good. So you good. just didn't like him because he wasn't playing a nice guy. He's see, like nice but, guy. That's what I want to see. For a bit though, kind of tricks you. He's got that all of a sudden it's like, oh, he's the Captain America type after all. Mm-hmm. No, nope. he sure isn't. <laughs> yeah. Right? That's great. Uh, but that's almost the Chris Evans you're used to pre Captain America. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there back- was a Chris Evans pre Captain America? <laughs> well, Johnny Storm. I know. <laughs> Not another teen movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he was also in uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. That's right. He's in like some TV show too. But. But Daniel Craig, this is like my favorite that I've seen him uh, since like Layer Cake. Like oh, wow. I just I just loved how like he just went all in on this character with yeah. the with the accent, uh, with his mannerisms, and he was goofy at times. And you were just like, at first I was like, wow, this sounds a little weird. I'm not sure if I'm into this. But as the movie went along, I was like, yeah, I'm into this. And I thought he was. It is a little shocking to hear him with a southern yeah. drawl. And there was lots of jokes about it as well, about like KFC or whatever over yeah. here. And mm-hmm. uh, But him and Anna Darmus had the most screen time, and they were fantastic together. And yeah. they carried this movie. And, uh, yeah, I can't say enough good things about this movie. I really, I really enjoyed how it was paced as well. There was only oh, yeah. one time where I was like, okay, you know, for the most part. And I do that in a lot of movies. But um, and it was, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I want to respond to both of those things. The because this movie is like so twisty, mm-hmm. right? There's like a million different twists, like you want in a murder mystery, but at no point too is it like. But it's also very satisfying in that, like exactly. Yeah. Even though you're like, there's so many things to throw you off, or like it might be this, or it might be that. It's like everyone is exactly true to the characters as they're set up. Yep. So it's not like they're like they set this guy out to be like the worst bad guy and the and then all of a sudden it's like the other uncle who end up did, did it because like he's pretty bad. No, no, it's like nope, the good guy's the good guy all the way through, the bad guy's the bad guy all the way through and it's mm-hmm. only the twists and turns to end up getting you there. That's really yeah. neat and interesting. And I think that they did with the marketing of this movie a really great thing is they like they made it look like it was going to be an ensemble movie yeah. with all these huge actors, right? Mm-hmm. And instead, it wasn't. that was a twist yeah. in itself because wow. I thought it was it's still. an Anadarmus movie. Yeah. This person who's been in small role in Blade Runner, yeah. weirdo uh, threesome movie with Keanu Reeves. War Dogs? Like a small role in War Dogs? 
Will be a Bond girl. Yeah. Uh, what else? Nothing. But she fucking carries this movie. Crazy. And it's so rad. And she's so good. And she's, oh my God. Apparently Not to sound like a gorgeous. pervert like Art, but like, yeah. yes. She <laughs> is. That was so funny. That happened at exactly the same time. Every- Not to sound like a pervert like her. She's gorgeous. <laughs> Say it like that. <laughs> Go back and listen to that. I didn't hear that happening next to me. But um, no, truly, like, she's so enjoyable to watch. And it's really interesting. As far away as Daniel Craig's character in this movie is from James Bond mm-hmm. um, she is also as far away as possible from a Bond girl yeah. she's like this like very she dresses very kind of like simple and down to earth and yeah. conservative yeah and she's this like um, you know like poor immigrant and all this and she's rocking it it's so good yeah that's another thing I wanted to point out about this movie it's very political like the yeah. com- there's commentary in mm-hmm. this movie like, oh yeah uh, they're, they're talking about Trump but they don't mention him by name yeah. Um, and yes, uh, she's an immigrant, and that that plays a big part in this movie as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what I love too is that, like, be- between the family, it's like there's every type of kind of like you know asshole American. For yeah. like, there's very right wing people, and then there's very left wing people, and you hate them all equally. They're all <laughs> fucking assholes, yeah. and it's so lovely to just see that. Like, yeah, everyone's stupid. I- Apparently, Anna de Armas, too, didn't uh, originally want to even read for the role because it was sent to her and her character was only described as a Latina houseworker. And she was like, no, (laughs) I don't want to like further that. Like, and there's got to be better roles out there for Latinas, blah, blah, blah. Um, And then she um, was encouraged to read the script. And she was like, oh, she is a lot more than this. She's the heart of this movie. I love the running joke too. How that like nobody in the family knows where she's from. Like everybody says it's a different she's place. From <laughs> yeah. from Ecuador. Yeah, that's from awesome. Yeah. yeah, this movie's funny too. It's really funny. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, yeah like I, I, it's so true. It's like the the statements it's making are so there, but it doesn't detract at all from just a really really good murder yeah. mystery. It's very satisfying. Ryan Johnson for Superman. <laughs> no, he, he writes his own things. I think. Um, Everybody can be Superman. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, I was talking about like because usually November December is Oscar bait time, right. and I feel like this is my prediction. I think that they're going to try uh, to put Daniel Craig up for Best Actor. I don't think he'll get it, no. but I think they're going to try, and he might at least be nominated. Huh. I think Knives Out um, will be nominated and probably win Best Original Screenplay. Oh, interesting. That's nice. my guess for this. Do the gorgeous too. Like, there's oh, a joke yeah. in the movie. Like, this is like. Clear the house of clue here yeah yeah guy lives in a clue board and it's like yeah nice. and it's, it's so great what uh do you think uh Darmus will get anything oscary she was good i don't think that they're gonna nominate her for that right i don't um she was good i mean it, i you know what if they do they'll try supporting actress it'll be one of those weird oh, things weird they won't put her up for actress okay. Just brian brian has to go so let's quickly hear his uh review and recommendation of the movies that made us well it's just a a really quick thing because um and you'll probably end up seeing it like if it's just if you ever go back to netflix after (laughs) disney plus um but i I was by accident and saw this exact thing that's the thing is i on a whim was like let's see what else is new on netflix because i haven't been on there for a little while uh and i went and i saw that thing the movies that made us and i know there's the the docuseries called the toys that made us fantastic love fantastic this one um just talks about the inner workings of some of the movies from our childhood like (sighs) of our demographics so there's uh die hard there is um, Ghostbusters, there's Dirty Dancing, and then the one that I actually sat down and watched um, was Home Alone. 
Right. And just like all these interesting tidbits about Home Alone and about the casting process, about how it was originally supposed to be a Warner Brothers movie, but they had only given them a certain budget and were nickel and diming Chris Columbus and John Hughes. Wow. And, uh, what are you doing nickel and diming John Hughes in exactly. the early 1990s? Yeah, exactly. no well, they originally the hell? They originally gave them a budget of like 10, you've got to make this movie with $10 million, which is nothing. Yeah. Fucking nothing. And then they did their budget and they're like, we can make the movie for $14 million and they're like can you make it uh, for $13 million Jeez. and uh, so basically Fox just kind of swept in mm. and was like because then Warner Brothers like okay we're not going to make this movie then and then Fox the next day swept in wow like, continue what you're doing ah. we'll give you your money your paychecks are coming from us now wow. that's amazing it's that's crazy so cool. and then like all these little tidbits about like how Macaulay Culkin was supposed to do a certain thing but he did a thing different now that led to one of the most iconic scenes in Home Alone and stuff it was Jeez. really cool and it like captures your interest pretty much as much as the toys that made us right that's right? great and I thought that was really cool so if you're ever on Netflix check that out <laughs> totally yeah well because um, I'm stoked that Home Alone 1 and 2 are both on Disney Plus, I think, now. Yep. So yeah. those are like such Christmas classics that yeah. I haven't seen in years and years. It so. makes me want to watch both of those. Oh, too, yeah. So. yeah. I bet. Brian, where can we find you on the internet? On the internet. I'll, I'll hang around oh, okay. um, until I get a text message that they're here. here. <laughs> it's, we got the band Peach Pit coming in to talk to Paul, and then they want to hang out and have some food and stuff with me before. Yes. Um So I'll hang around, but in case I have to like leave all of a sudden, uh, you can find me on the internet. Sounds great. Thank you. Um, Kirsten James went to Vancouver to see Kevin Smith and Jason. What would you say? You've seen them three times in three different countries now? Yeah, we've seen Kevin Smith three times in three different countries, which I realized. Amazing. So I saw him the first time was at Smog Castle in the States. The second time I saw him um, at a Comic-Con in London. And now I've seen him in Canada, in wow. Vancouver. <laughs> was it like quite a big homecoming as well for him? Did he make a big whoop de doo about how he went to film school? I mean, he always mentions it, but yeah. it's not like, oh, the prodigal son of the Vancouver Film School has returned. <laughs> uh, because we all know, like, it's part of his story, it's part of his history, and actually dropped out. Like, he only went to Vancouver Film School for like six months and then fucked off to make clerks. So. Yeah. Um, okay, so I want to say this up for you because recently I've been like, you know what? He's remaking this bullshit movie. I've had an ass full of Kevin Smith. <laughs> and then I listened to him on Rogan, and it was a great three-hour chit-chat. Oh, jeez. And then I listened, or, or just like I recently, some I heard some other people that I respect, I can't remember who now, talking about how much they love Kevin Smith. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, okay, maybe the hype that Kristen's always meowing about Kevin Smith <laughs> is real. So um, please... Talk to me about if this was a really great, heartwarming, great thing, and if just like the love for Kevin Smith is so good and important. I'll take my I answer off the air, by which I mean I'm going to rock a piss and I'll listen to this when the podcast Oh out. my God, Paul Plastino. <laughs> Goodbye. So Jeez. So when he said that he respected people, he meant not me. Right, exactly. Yeah, I know, but Jesus. So uh, many now let's hear what you have to say, Kirsten. <laughs> um, yeah, I. It, it was so lovely. So he sold out four shows oh um, at the Rio in Vancouver. And like, there's all this history with Kevin in the Rio, Rio, Rio um, and saving this theater, right? Because it's like a. Uh, has anyone ever ever been there in Vancouver? No. It's actually an amazing theater. It's like kind of like an old school. It's kind of like our... Uh, McPherson? Mc, no. Royal. 
No. Roxy? Roxy. Oh, sorry. Um, It's it's kind of like our Roxy, but on a way bigger scale. And they serve, like, drinks. And they do, like, really cool old movies there. Like, they had screenings for, like, Gremlins and stuff coming up. Oh, cool. And um, anyway, they were going to shut it down. And Kevin was a huge part of going back and getting the money they needed to buy it. Um, So that's why he had it there. So, I mean, he has a lot of connections in Vancouver. That's awesome. Um, But, yeah, it was great. Uh, So how the format of the night worked was Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes kind of came out at the beginning and introduced the movie, and he set it up, and then we all watched the movie, and Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes were there, which, by the way, my husband Johnny fucking hates it when people clap at the end of the movies. he, He cannot stand it. Because he's like, what? Who are you clapping for? They're not here. You oh can't my clap. God. They're like, Johnny's why? Hilarious. Who are you clapping for? But before this movie even started, he turned to me and he was like, it's okay if we clap at the end of this one because the director is here. Because <laughs> they're there. Yeah. Thank <laughs> like, you for your permission, Johnny. Yeah, we, we were oh Johnny on this given permission like uh, to clap. And then they came out and they did like a little Q&A and, and people asked questions. And yeah, Kevin Smith. Is fucking delightful. I just love him. He is just a great human being. Um, and that's just, you know, I love his movies, but I just love him as a person. Dogma is a great movie. Oh, I love Dogma. Dogma's fucking good. Mallrats is good. Chasing Amy is all that, like, his stuff, like, like yes, the, he makes good movies and he makes them from a heart and he is a really good writer. Yes. He's a very good writer and he writes amazing dialogue. Great dialogue yeah. Um, and, uh, oh, he gave us, like, a teaser at the end. He's doing Clerks 3, so they'll probably start filming that um, next year. Uh, but one of the things he was talking about, it, Clerks 3, is, so Kevin Smith had a heart attack last year, and he kept on making jokes about how, like, that's how he got all of the cameos in this movie, is he was like, I had a heart attack, <laughs> remember? Um, but he's talking about, so Clerks 3 is going to start there. Randall has a heart attack. <gasps> wow. And then it lives and then realizes, what the fuck am I doing with my life? I'm, you know, here at this video store. I've there's done more this. Important like stuff. Yeah. yeah. There's more important things. And so he decides that he wants to make a movie. Oh, my goodness. And he decides, and that movie that he's oh, making is Clerks. Clerk. Shut it. That's so yeah. funny. And what then a great idea. They, he talks about how, uh. like, in the movie, like, he, he was like, oh, yeah, just last night I wrote this, like, part about clerk uh, about this about how like randall's trying to figure out how to film and they're like you can't film under the um the halogen lights you, you, the tungsten lights you need to get a lighting kit everything's going to be green otherwise and randall's oh, like i can't geez. i can't afford a lighting kit what am i going to do well you could put it in black and white and like it's i don't yeah, know that's fantastic. so it's like it's basically like going back and then the jay and silent bob are going to be in it and randall has to convince them to be in the movie Anyway. That's crazy. The movie, Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. Um, I fucking loved it. I said it is a movie for the fans. And a, a friend of mine wrote, very rightly, what are you talking about? Every Kevin Smith movie is for the fans. Uh. <laughs> um, because he has his whole, it's the, he has the view askew universe, right? So there's always like little nods or Easter eggs or whatever in the movies. But this is like... If you have never seen a Kevin Smith movie, so much of the stuff is going to go over your head. Like oh, he wraps sure. up storylines from Chasing Amy. Like, oh wow, what? Like, what? Yeah, That's amazing. <laughs> Affleck comes back. Like, uh, Matt Damon's back as Loki. Uh, and there's actually a great line in the movie about like. Your kids, kids might be wondering, that's not Tom Hiddleston. And then oh. he's like, no, I played Loki in the 90s before oh my it was God. cool. That's like, it's very, it's very well done. Um, so you got all the jokes. So that's the thing. It's like, if you were not a Kevin Smith fan, 
you you're if you have not seen any of his movies you, you're not going to get anything sure, out of this movie sense. um at least watch jay and silent bob strike back oh okay yeah um which is the this is the sequel to that movie yeah. or the reboot of that movie um and and you will understand a lot more but you're just going to get all of the easter eggs if you were a fan like kevin smith's dog shecky makes an appearance oh in the movie. my god but you wouldn't know that unless you were a fan or you listen to his podcast or you followed on on instagram so it's like that level super of, inzy yeah i like it um but i really the movie was hilarious um it's exactly what i wanted paul's just waiting for me to finish talking he has come in twice to this room now after going to the bathroom and then left again mm-hmm. like what the hell and i don't paul? even really think i answered his question but that's his fault. so don't that's fine um <laughs> but yeah i'd recommend it um i'd as far as I know, it was supposed to be released in theaters once he's toured it. Nice. So it should come out, but it maybe like as a limited release. Uh, but during the Q&A, someone did ask him, when can I buy this movie? And uh, he said probably end of January. Oh, well, wow. Might be That's able to buy, buy or rent it at least. Good, nice. But uh, definitely rewatch um, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back before you watch this one if you're not a big Kevin Smith fan and you want to get some of those references so none of his shit is on um itunes or no i'm sorry netflix or any of the streamers hey mm-hmm. like, no he actually it was really interesting um he uh told a story about how apparently not only the weinstein company but harvey weinstein himself owns the rapist harvey weinstein yes, <laughs> yes same one <laughs> i know owns um what was it uh, That's the new Ronald Jay, Reagan, the actor. Uh, own um, <laughs> Zach and Mary make a porno. Yeah, and another movie. Yeah, of course he owns that one. And so he couldn't like self-reference those Weinstein movies oh, because no. oh. he didn't want to like stir anything up. Oh, so wow. he kind of has to like weirdly reference his own character because it's not even like Miramax that owns right. them anymore. Jeez. So that's why they're not on the streaming services is because no one wants I, to have a Harvey because Weinstein Because no one on wants there? to have a Harvey Weinstein and Miramax and all of that. Fun the real loser there is Wind River. <laughs> what? Yeah. No, truly. Great, great movie. Isn't that Yeah, that uh, the Weinstein company uh, produced right before... Uh, the whole thing happened there, mm-hmm. and uh, it is a great movie. I thought it should have uh, been Best Picture that year. Dang, okay. truly, no, yeah, truly. Wow. Had a lot we of all, good things to say. We all watched it in our like Oscar movie watching club, and no, it is. It's like, and it uh, tackles uh, something so important, so uh, like uh, violence towards uh, Indigenous women in the North, missing and murdered Indigenous women. Yeah, yeah. and uh, no, and it's like superbly done. It's got uh, Renner and uh, Elizabeth Olsen in it. Ah, oh, stupid Harvey. But you never heard about right. it because Harvey Weinstein's a rape. Well, no, I, I remember seeing a trailer of it, and it was like, oh, it's it's Hawkeye and Scarlet Witch. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough to watch, obviously, like heavy subject matter, yeah. but like important. Yeah. And Dang. it's such a shame that, I, that that and <laughs> Marion Zero make a porno. Uh, all Marian, got swept away. Marion Zero. Zach and Mary. Oh, sorry. I was thinking about Mary. So, yeah, watch Shane Silent Vibe reboot. Yeah, you are. There's something about Mary. So well, so this will this come on Netflix? Maybe no, or but no? you probably rent it in January. He was saying, like, okay. I don't think it'll be on Netflix, but yeah, it's and his daughter. The other thing that was really sweet about this movie is like his daughter is in the movie, and Harley. like the kind of like the whole story is like a a very nice like uh, 
story of like fatherhood and Aww. like it uh, there was like I cried at the end and Kevin Smith he set it up at the beginning he was like you're probably gonna you know be really surprised when you might roll a tear during a Kevin Smith movie <laughs> um, he's like yeah there is some feels in it because I had that heart attack and I had this and whatever and his daughter is a phenomenal actor too because um he talks about nepotism too uh, when he was introducing it oh wow and he was like uh, good to be transparent yeah and but she she's really good, like a Harley Quinn Smith. She's actually a great actress. Like yeah. he puts his wife in movies, and she's not great. <laughs> <laughs> and she was in this one, um, not great. And yeah. she's she's just she's just not a great actress. But his daughter was amazing. I would love to see Van Harley like uh, come out from under the shadow of him and like get a roles. You know, she was in movies. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I know she was, but not a big role. No, yeah, she. But was she like had some a, words, and she was on the poster. Family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, just like uh, Uma Thurman's daughter, there was too. Let's let them have more roles. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's talk about his dark watchman DeLorean. Hello, everyone. This is a spoiler alert. Thank you. Where do we start? Oh, my God. Oh, Every geez. single band slash radio station has to make their version of the fucking Yoda, Baby Yoda, fucking with the radio meme. Oh, my God. I haven't seen the that. The first three, I, first two I saw were good. Fleetwood Mac... And then, uh, what was the one I showed you, Brian? Like Little John or something? Little John, yeah. Funny. Okay. Everything after that, diminishing returns into it's like... It's because you got a lot of radio people on your social media, right? Bad, small <laughs> sure radio station. They're posting They're their skimmers. Yeah. Oh, crook. Enough. How horrible. And bands did it, too. Like, every band had their version of it as well. Yeah. Leave well enough alone, you dorks. Who who was it on our podcast group that was like this movie reminds or this movie this TV show reminds me of another TV show from the eighties where they travel along to little villages and like make things better and then leave and then you said it was Littlest Hobo Littlest Hobo is what I would have thought yeah, yeah. but yeah, that's exactly what this TV show is and I'm fucking done with it <laughs> done with it fucking done he's talking about Kung Fu very likely starring uh, oh yeah David Carradine Carradine yeah. yeah sure what. Um, yeah, which was, was like, uh, for non-Canadian, <laughs> or for Canadians, uh, Kung Fu was like the littlest hobo, but with a people. Right. Good call. <laughs> Good call. I'm, out, I'm out. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it is kind of like that. And it's like, it's been probably since then, or the littlest hobo, that we've had a movie or a TV show like that. And that's fucking sweet. No. That's one of my favorite elements Good of the show. Good comparison, yeah. I don't want Still it. talking about The Mandalorian? Yeah. yeah. We have, You're done with it? No, I'm not actually done with it. I mean, obviously, I'm going to keep watching it. But, like, I really... I really <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously, the last two episodes, it's like, well, I'm not going to take my helmet off. And, oh, why don't you take it off? Because I can't. Oh, well, I'm going to leave Baby Yoda here now. Oh, he's so cute. Oh, I'm sad to leave him. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's too, too dangerous. dangerous. I'll take him with me. Wow, Don't was, touch things. That was a good... <laughs> Stop touching that, the things. End. I think you could be <laughs> done with it if they do that in the next really episode. Yeah. Yes. But they've only really done one Twice! episode. No, three times! Twice? Three times. Fixing a little town that could? Yeah. <laughs> no, but they keep trying to like, building They keep on here, trying to leave person. Baby Yoda. And I'm like, you're not going to leave Baby Yoda. You're not going to leave Baby Yoda. Maybe you're not going to find a safe space in the galaxy for fucking Baby Yoda. Yeah, look at all the fobs that are out there. Who is it that I was talking about? Th- maybe it was mm. Darren that I was talking to. Is like, imagine if, like, next episode, they've just had it planned all along that uh, Baby Yoda's going to get killed. Yeah. And that they they didn't realize he was going to be this popular, and they're just sitting there like, oh, no, two more weeks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. 
God. Oh, but, but the counter to that is like, it's Disney. They're never going to kill a baby Yoda. No, yeah, 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 yeah. Cutest. If it was HBO, he would have gone through a wood chipper by now. Like, <laughs> No, it's Disney. He's, he'll survive. But, you know, the, it's interesting. What's what's grating on me about it is, like, uh, every week, yes, a different thing. Mm-hmm. But every week, a different thing from Star Wars we've already fucking seen. Yeah. Like the ATST. Now it's the ATST. Yeah, yeah. Now it's a Jawa. Now it's a Jabba the Hutt. Now it's a Darth Vader. Yeah. Now it's something else. <laughs> uh, right? Like, yeah. how about think of something new? Fan and you, service. I know fan but service. The ATST like, had red eyes. <laughs> if you would evil. have. If you would have like interspersed like a new threat we haven't seen yes, before, yes, I agree with you here. And then the ATST, but now we're just used to all this fan service stuff mm-hmm. we've already seen. That when the first time we see a new thing that you know that sprung from the mind of Favreau, yeah. we're gonna be like, "What is this shit? <laughs> right? Where's the fucking uh, a big camel walker? Come on." That's not going to be you saying that? Let's get her going here. No, I'll be like, oh, wow. A thing I've never seen before. How lovely for me. I suppose we should have brought Mary in here for spoilers, but we could do that. All right. I really like the show. Me too. I do like it too. <laughs> yeah. music, like the it. music is catching me. Like, I really, good. that soundtrack is so good. What do you guys think think of uh, Gina Carano? Cara Dune. I liked her. Is she going to have a big part in the show now? Well, uh, in the I in the promo was, images, she's like the other human. Like it's yeah, it's, but I think it's like it's you're going to meet a new character every time. Yeah. I think that's that's what Bill Burr is probably going to be. Yeah. at this point, oh. and I'm, I'm happy with that. Yeah. And he's going to try to leave Baby Yoda with Bill Burr. <laughs> yeah. Unless they all come for the finale. Dangerous. Can I join the fight? <laughs> <laughs> and then season two is like Shoulder a bunch pew of people. Pew. Yeah. It's an ensemble. Yeah, maybe. But I'm still enjoying it. Other than that, I love I love the fight scenes. And Gina Carano is perfectly cast, obviously, for those fight scenes. But mm-hmm. boy, they can she, sure both take a punch. Yeah, when she fucking hooks him, and then his face hits the ground oh. first. That was really well done. Yeah, the choreography in the this show in general, man, oh man, it's like it's Daredevil level realistic, and you know the speed mm-hmm. and everything. It's yeah. just like, and you mm-hmm. feel it. But yeah, you're right. After that huge thing, Baby there's Yoda Baby Yoda sipping soup. The next big I, meme like, on the I internet. Thought, mm-hmm. I thought it was almost it was pretty much the perfect amount of Baby Yoda to action. Yes, yeah. you know it was yeah. like, oh, Baby Yoda does a cool thing. Oh, some badass sweet fucking fight scene. Yeah. Oh, there's cute Baby Yoda again. Yeah, he's got some <laughs> cool guns, guns, guns. I'm also enjoying uh, the design, which is like a big thing. Uh, so like, I just like his gun, and you know, it's like a small thing, but on the rifle or the... both of them. Yeah. I love yeah. his little pistol. Yeah. It's very like classic um you know like ray gun looking yeah. that's sweet and then yeah his big like disintegration gun also rad his ship is good looking i like the little what were the wind the little the tiny the, the screamer thing oh the, the noisy sparrows or yeah, whatever yeah yeah like yeah noisy crickets or whatever we i haven't love those. seen a lightsaber in a little while or is everybody freaking out no well, no i don't need a lightsaber finale. go watch the star wars kabuki you'll see lightsabers okay anyway so yeah, but that's a good point, Art. Like, how long until we see a lightsaber? Maybe never? I don't know. Probably never. In this one, probably, yeah. In this, in this season, at least, I would the hope Jedi not. The Jedi are all in hiding, anyone that... Baby Yoda could use the Force, Also, the show's though. not really coming out great But they only have a cover, Chris. Hey, Gotta make like, his own. There's a new episode. Yeah, like, yeah. The, yeah, we, we, we talked we about that last pod, week. And then the next day, the show comes out. So it sucks for that, but yeah. anyways. But <clears throat> I wonder when people are getting around to watching it. I didn't get around to watching it till um, Monday. That was me, Let's too. put a, a, po- a pod uh, thinger, uh, uh, a poll. poll. Yes. yes. Up on the Facebook. When are you getting around to The Mandalorian? Because a Thursday night come about is like, I know that's... Thursday night used to be a big night for TV, but 
for whatever reason, I'm not getting around to it until like yeah, usually Monday or into the next week. For me, because, it's like, actually weekends are busy. It was like oh cool, I can watch something when I get home on Friday. On Friday, yeah. yeah. Well, actually, right. last week I watched it during my lunch break on Friday. Nice here, yeah. here at the station, but <laughs> hilarious. So that'll be your response in the poll. Yeah, during workouts, uh, I can't answer the poll. I'm watching it currently <laughs> <laughs> while eating a sandwich. I expect a diminishing number of hands who has seen. Um, Wait, do you want to ask Jason's question before we move? Oh, on? Oh, sorry. Yes, that's totally relevant to this. Yes, thank you, Jason Cleary, for writing us. He wrote us an email before we recorded just this before. podcast. Oh wow. Hey, all. I don't know if this is too late for the podcast, no, but I'd like to hear your thoughts on why droids have emotions i noticed in an episode of the mandalorian when he's trying to escape and hops onto the speeder by um uh, dr- driven by the r2 looking droid he tells it to drive and it shakes his head he doesn't until he points a gun at it why would a droid be programmed to fear it's just a machine seems unusually cruel to be programmed that way i guess it dates back to the original series yeah. lucas is a monster not <laughs> so much fear but maybe program for- well i guess fear like um c3po but like um it's following orders it's all about preserving its life yeah. yeah, or whatever. That's yeah. true. So yeah. if it knows that driving is going to be futile for it, then or fatal for it, then it probably wouldn't. But like C three PO, oh my god, we're yeah. so fucked. <laughs> well, you know, like, like I think it's because they learn because they're like not they're droids, but they're like really intelligent uh, machines, and they all have different personalities. And I. Th- think there's a thing like you're supposed to wipe your droids memory like that's a thing like they're oh, all supposed to get memory wiped yeah. so that they don't um get fear and mm. they don't have these personalities but if you don't wipe a droid for a really long time they're going to learn that a gun pointed at your head is a threat is a threat um because that's what machines should do they should learn it's like that boston dynamics thing that's going to murder us eventually oh yeah the robot right? dog that yeah, robot they they, they push it and it learns to get back up and yeah, interesting. So that, that's what i think I, and I'm more like, I guess, pragmatic about it. I think it is more George Lucas just needed two interesting characters to, uh, you know, or like somewhat relatable characters mm-hmm. to carry the first 20 to 25 minutes it of was, his original movie. It was movie. shocking how much yeah. of that yeah. beginning of that movie was the droids. It really hinges on the droids and like all C-3PO, really. Like mm-hmm. R2's got a little personality through his beeps and boops, but, mm-hmm. y- you know, they're your original protagonist yes. of that movie and yeah. you need that right away. You going, Brian? Yeah. Bye, Brian. Bye. 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 Bye, Brian. I'm going to go, too, because I haven't seen any of these. Okay. Yeah. Bye, Art. Bye, Art. Find him, Art. Art Aronson, Between Art. the Stammers. He's a news reporter. Has anybody seen episode five of his Dark Materials? Uh, you know what? I'm going to go as well. Oh, Bye. Bye. No, okay, wait, wait. What about Watchmen? What about Watchmen? <laughs> Yeah, oh, hell yeah, I watched Watchmen. Okay. Yeah. Talk so, about Dark Materials, though. Tell us. I watched, I forced myself to watch it last night, and I did not like it. And Johnny turned to me after and was like, oh, it's getting better. So, I don't know. <laughs> See, I agree. I think it's starting to get better. No, because they fucking, oh. They're, Do you they, not talk to each other through the show? Do you like, okay, yes, <laughs> yes. Johnny, Johnny was made to wait until the credits were rolling? Please make me dinner tonight. I would like a taco salad. <laughs> um, and, like, they introduce fucking uh, Will. So, oh, yeah, Will like, Perry. Like, and it's just like, where'd this dude come from? Timelines. Why are you here? Timelines are Who way are hooped in this television adaptation. It doesn't make sense. I've read the books. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. I don't understand what's going on. I don't, I don't like... No. And if you read the books, if you hold to the books, this hasn't made sense from the beginning. I've had to let that go, especially because I'm reading, like I'm just finishing book one with my kid right now, so it is super fresh in my memory, and I can't wait to get to Chigatse and, and book two but and everything. Johnny said to me... Oh, so if you're if you if you're separated from your demon, you die, 
And I, like, because they don't set it up. They don't set it up. This is a fucking thing that nobody's done before. And why are they doing it? And why are they starting to separate? And like, mm. like they don't, he's just like, oh, so that's just, it's just known. There is uh, a lot right. left unsaid. How far away do you have to be from your Damon? I don't know. Oh, I'd say probably from here to the door kind of thing would be. It's far. It's, yeah, yeah, it's far. Oh, shit. I thought you had to like, get on two planes going to different hemispheres. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the, Johnny thinks it's getting better. I am, I don't know. Fair enough. Well, I'm going to stick with it. I'm enjoying it. Um, but it is still messing with me how whacked the timeline is and how they can really carry this story for much longer because they keep mm-hmm. introducing all this new stuff. How's mm-hmm. it doing? Like, are people watching this thing? Okay. That's it's, a great it's like question. Eight, it's like 8.2 on IMDb, I think. Okay. Um, so it's got a pretty good rating. Out of 100? Out of 10. Oh, out of 10. Okay. <laughs> out of 100. <laughs> I'm just doing kidding. I'm just terribly. kidding. I'm just kidding. All right, let's talk Watchmen Yay! episode five and almost religious awe. That's how I feel about the Watchmen. Yeah. Almost to the fireworks factory. Yeah. Start with a flashback on VVN Day in Saigon in 1987. Terrible flashback for for, for Angela's uh, parents. Um, and of, yeah, like that that thing where she got the infomercial when she was plugged in, like about what's going to happen mm. to your to your, her brain yeah, yeah. when she's getting all the nostalgia flushed out. Like, I love this world for that. If there's some place we can advertise to you, let's make it your subconscious. Yeah, like right. that's hilarious. Um, Biggest twist in the show. Holy crap. Yeah. Patty Crawford. Um, anybody see Judd's, uh, Judd's wife, uh, yeah. the, the police chief? Anybody see that one coming? What happened with her again? She was like in on it the whole time. And then on she, what? Killing her husband? or On, on, his on the whole plan with the, the 7th Cavalry. Oh, and right. Yeah, right, yeah. Right, right. Forgot about that. Yeah. And we, then freaking Lori Blake, who's been ahead of all of this. She's been ahead of the game the entire time. She's like great pre-research person. Mm-hmm. She is so shocked by this. And the, when the floor drop fails, she doesn't get up and draw a gun and shoot Patty Crawford in the head. She just sits there while Patty's going through all the buttons on the remote, and then she finally falls down into the bottom. Yeah, as soon as someone brings out an old-timey remote like that and starts clicking it at me yeah. threateningly, yeah. I'm at least going to get out of my chair. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I remember those. Oh, I want to start doing that to you now. My- <laughs> You're just sitting comfortably. I'm going to get a fucking remote. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so my, my uncle, my aunt and uncle had uh, one of those old TVs with the remotes, and I had a cousin who was very sort of like motorcycle rebellious guy, and he was the first guy I ever knew who had like a chains hanging off his belt oh, for... Yeah for whatever, and he could clink the chains in such a way that it would make the same tone as the <gasps> click of the remote, and he could change the channel with the chain on his belt. That's how it works? What? It it's a physical sound? sound. Absolutely. No. Absolutely. Lasers. No lasers. lasers. It was all sound. Was this sound. is the sound episode. So when you called it the clicker, it was because <gasps> it made a click. Precisely. <gasps> Precisely. Uh, Besides the... Um, I thought I was thinking of other nicknames for it. And I thought of Bedoinkster, but that's nope, that must just be a you thing. A penis. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> no. Wow. Please don't click your penis. When you're a little kid, yeah, you're like, oh, right in the Bedoinkster, right? You never said that? Nobody no. says that. Oh, okay, all right. Oh I would feel like that would be like my stomach or something, my head or... I don't know. Besides Man from Mars, which was a great cover, the whole scoring of this with Trent Reznor's piano was absolutely beautiful. Just really elevated some of the moments in the show. This show, I am so sunk. Mm -hmm. It is such a great world, and I am so desperate to see more of it. There's only two more episodes. I watched the preview for next week so that you couldn't spoil preview things for me. (sighs) And uh, I'm interested to see how... Do we know who it is who's playing John? No. Osterman? No. No. Um, I'm interested to see how 
it goes because uh, he was, you know, speaking his lines in quite the same way and quite the same like emotive. Um, so it's going to be interesting how he plays Dr. Manhattan and also how they're going to fit this into the original timeline because of course it makes sense that Angela is in Saigon and because Dr. Manhattan, like that's the thing, he is comes there, and yeah. he saves. So, but it's weird because it looks like he's going to show up and they're going to fall in love it inside. Kind of, it kind of looks like that. Yes, it's kind of strange, but I don't know. It We've, could work in between the timeline, though, because that's kind of before he's moved from Lori to uh, Lori's mom to Lori. Yeah. So maybe he like falls in love with this chick in Saigon, and then he's kind of starting to be his old like, I love everything. It is hard to say, oh, but remember, this is a show and all touch about you and do my bow stop, tie. Stop. This is a show at all, the same time. Stop. How big would you like my penis? Oh my god. This is a show all about memories, you know, real and false and distorted memories. So it might not even be the thing. But um, (laughs) if you're still listening past the spoiler warning, which I'm sure, thank you, we've given. um, Cal, Angela's husband, took a hammer to the head so that Angela could dig out the magic coin, which is the circle with the with the the uh, the atom. And, and it turns out the cow is Dr. Manhattan. Yes, go uh, I didn't figure it out before it happened because then I'd be a fucking genius. But what I did figure out that hasn't happened yet, what, are you going to see it? No, no, no. Like, I, I kind of figured before, oh, is, just oh, before well, it happened. I, I mean, I figured it out when she didn't ask who Dr. Manhattan was. Oh, and then okay. Lady True. Hang on a second. John Shields, Chris Loren is on 71. John Shields, Chris is on 71. And then Lady True is like, but you didn't ask. Like, before that, I was like, it, oh, I, okay, I figured okay, it out. Yeah. About it. But no, no, no. The other thing is they're all talking about Cyclops. They're the whole thing. The whole, this is the... <gasps> oh my god, I just got it! It's not Cyclops, the atom, the atom. The atom, the elemental atom yes. symbol looks yes. like a Cyclops. Yes. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god, that's wow. amazing. So they haven't actually d- done that yet, but that's what Cyclops is. Yes, it's not Cyclops. So it's the atom. makes so sense. So yeah. I can't believe there's only two episodes left. Seventh Cavalry, it looks like they're building a freaking intrinsic uh, intrinsic field generator and they're going to try and make more Dr. Manhattans and maybe yeah. it's going to go off at the same time as this millennium millennium clock. And that's so they're going to try and D-Dr. Manhattan, Dr. Manhattan and then make themselves into new ones. I, yeah, I, I think the I latter. Think they're going to try to take they're going to try to Kirby, well no. almost Kirby it and take him out and put him in that senator guy. Oh, into yeah, Joe. Kirby? What? Like, because Kirby sucks it up and then takes your power. Oh, and they're going to try and take it out of him? Why wouldn't... Oh, okay. Well, they'll probably try and, like, dematerialize Dr. Manhattan. Right. And then use that in the intrinsic field generator. Take um, um, Keen apart and bring him back as a, basically, a racist Dr. Manhattan. Right, okay, I understand. Ooh, a racist Dr. Manhattan. I don't know, I'd love... I bet they'll make him red. Ah, that would be good, actually. No. Make him another color that can be bad. (laughs) I would love for this freaking millennium clock to be like the passive uh, brainwave thing for all the 7K people. Mm. And it's just like, blah, 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 out comes the waves from the millennium clock and all the 7K guys are like, oh, I think I want to hug a kitten now. Yeah. Um, oh, because she's saving the world. Right. Yes. Yeah. The and baby. it starts. It starts here. Yeah. So uh, that, that's probably her testing ground. Um, by the way, having rocks within smashing distance of a biometric security panel, which then defaults to releasing its lock when it's smashed, is horrible design. <laughs> Don't do that. For the love of peeps. <laughs> it should look good, though. And also elephant! What? Oh, you yeah. know what I said? Because it's because it's the memories and the blah, 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 and the elephants never forget. Yeah, I think that's what it's supposed <laughs> to be. <laughs> that's amazing. What a great storage facility for memories. But it didn't look elephant. like the elephant was enjoying it. No. 
I felt best sad for that elephant. Yeah, Me definitely. Um, okay, I'm just a little bit concerned. We're gonna get our you know first real good look at Doctor Manhattan in this, and my only concern is from what we've seen already and what's in the trailer. It's not going to look as good as the Zack Snyder Dr. Manhattan. His penis? I have a thought I think on his this. Penis will be Shut fine, up. Shut up. But... For the love of Pete, I have a thought on this. I am betting that much like has been done, much like how the blood in the trailers for Kill Bill was black instead of red, much how there were early release trailers for Venom where Venom himself does this wah with his arms yeah. and all the computers go flying. They released a snippet of that clip without Venom in it. So all the computers go flying for no reason. I think what we have seen is pre-CG footage of the actor. Have you seen? Did you watch the preview for next week? No. See, he's but, just concerned about it without even seeing it. Okay. See, but also, I did see, There's the, even in that last episode of the one before that, like you see Dr. Manhattan as he's walking through hand, yeah. Yeah, Vietnam, yeah. and he's big and gigantic, and he looks like he's been painted blue. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, so you think even with the full effects, it's not going to have that same... I don't know. The Zack it's... Snyder effect was pretty good. It was great. It yeah. was really, really good. Because in the comic, like, obviously, he looks the way he looks. And that's, you know, as much as you can really do with a comic. Mm-hmm. But Zack Snyder made it so that it, it didn't look flat. And yes. just, like, a dude painted blue. Like, and that's he looked kinda... like he was a bit radioactive. Yeah, yeah, and a little translucent at times, too. Like, whatever they did, you know, you mm-hmm. really believed that as Dr. Manhattan, and that to me in my head is like, if you don't do it at, at least that good, yeah. it's going to look really kind of cheesy. Because that's his default state, you know, within, yeah. his, especially within being uh, stuck inside a cow suit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the um, yeah the, the previews just show what looks like a blue-handed glove kind of yeah. thing, and I well, would love to think... he's also wearing a mask, which is weird. Yeah. He's wearing a Dr. Manhattan mask But I'd love to face. think that that's before um, they, they CG him up to look hopefully better but yeah you're right we did see that clip of him and he didn't look all that better so i still want more looking glass and i think looking glass now has infiltrated 7k because there were five guys and four masks oh Uh, if anyone's gonna know how to fit in with a group like that with a mask it's gonna be looking glass could be i'm dying for more looking glass yeah i love his character but this was such a great show i really enjoyed it why are you watching yet Everyone. (laughs) Yeah, and if you've listened to this part of the podcast, oh, God, I'm sorry we spoiled everything for you. Hey, Art. Hey, Curb. We're back. Yes, we are. For the 2019-2020 season of the Canucks. So if you're ready to hear more about the Canucks, listen to Between the Stammers. The Canucks are a little bit better this year. Even though Art still doesn't think they're going to make the playoffs. And kind of on the fence about it. We're going to be doing a lot of shotgun shakes this year. Well, I won't be. Because Art drinks tea. Yes, I do. Check out Between the Stammers on the Zones podcast network at thezone.fm. Um, is that it? Is that a pod? Mm-hmm. I think that's a pod. Kirsten James? Hi. Okay, Paul Plastino? Ah, it's Paul Plastino on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I'm going to come up with a new extra for these things, I think. <laughs> I'm Webmeister Button on socials. This has been the Geek, Geek Out Podcast. been the Geek Out Podcast. Love you all. Bye! The Geek Out Podcast is a production of The Zone at 91.3. The views expressed here are not necessarily those of this radio station. And really, some of those views are pretty stupid. I mean, come on. For more on-demand audio from The Zone, visit thezone.fm slash podcast or the on-demand tab of our app. Thanks for listening, and thanks for being a zoner.